Chapter Nine of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Sir Humphrey's familiar, Mistress Pottage, sad-eyed, melancholy, and forever sighing, had been patiently waiting to receive Sir Humphrey Challoner's orders. She had understood from his man that his honour meant to spend the night and she stood anxiously in the passage wondering if he would consider her best bedroom good enough or condescend to eat the meals she would have to cook for him it was really quite fortunate that lady patience had gone leaving the smaller parlour which was miss pottage's own private sanctum ready for the use of his honour sir humphrey's mind however was far too busy with thoughts and plans to dwell on the melancholy landlady and her meagre fare but he was glad of the private room and was gracious enough to express himself quite satisfied with the prospect of the best bedroom some ten minutes after his brief interview with lady patience he was closeted in the same little dingy room where she had been spending such weary hours with the healthy appetite of a burly english squire he was consuming large slabs of meat and innumerable tankards of small ale whilst opposite to him poised on the extreme edge of a very hard oak chair his watery colourless eyes fixed upon his employer sat master Midichip attorney at law and man of business to sundry of the quality who owned property on or about the moor master midship's voice was thin he was thin his coat looked thin there was in fact a general air of attenuation about the man's whole personality just now he was fixing a pair of very pale but very shrewd eyes upon the heavy somewhat coarse person of his distinguished patron her ladyship passed me quite close he explained speaking in a low somewhat apologetic voice i was standing in the door of er the parlour and she graciously nodded to me as she passed yes yes get on man quoth sir humphrey impatiently the door was open your honour continued master midichip in a weak voice there was a draught her ladyship's cloak flew open he paused a moment noting with evident satisfaction the increasing interest in sir humphrey's face beneath her cloak he continued speaking very slowly like an actor measuring his effects beneath her cloak her ladyship was holding a bundle of letters tightly clutched in her hand letters eh commented sir humphrey eagerly a bundle of them your honour one of them had a large seal attached to it i might almost have seen the device it was that of charles edward stuart the pretender well i could not say for certain your honour murmured master midichip humbly there was silence for a few moments sir humphrey challoner had produced a silver toothpick 
and was using it as an adjunct to deep meditation master midichip was contemplating the floor with rapt attention harkee master midichip said sir humphrey at last lady patience is taking those letters to london that was the impression created in my mind your honour and why does she take those letters to london said sir humphrey bringing his heavy fist crashing down upon the table and causing glasses and dishes to rattle whilst master midichip almost lost his balance why does she take them to london i say because they are the proofs of her brother's innocence it is easy to guess their contents requests admonitions upbraidings on the part of the disappointed rebels obvious proofs that philip had held aloof he pushed his chair noisily away from the table and began pacing the narrow room with great impatient strides but while he spoke master midichip began to lose his placid air of apologetic deference and a look of alarm suddenly lighted his meek colourless eyes good lack he murmured then my lord stretton is no rebel rebel not he asserted sir humphrey his sympathies were thought to be with the stuarts but he went south during the rebellion twas i who advised him that he might avoid being drawn within its net but at this master midichip's terror became more tangible but your honour he stammered whilst his thin cheeks assumed a leaden hue and his eyes sought appealingly those of his employer your honour laid sworn information against lord stretton and and i drew up the papers and signed them with my name as your honour commanded well i paid you well for it didn't i said sir humphrey roughly but if the accusation was false sir humphrey i shall be disgraced struck off the rolls perhaps hanged sir humphrey laughed one of those loud jovial laughs which those in his employ soon learnt to dread ads bud he said and one of us is to hang old scarecrow i prefer it shall be you and he gave master midichip a vigorous slap on the shoulder which nearly precipitated the lean-shanked attorney on the floor good sir humphrey he murmured piteously but 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 what was the reason of the information against lord stretton since the letters can so easily prove it to be false silence you fool said his honour impatiently i did not know of the letters then i wished to place lord stretton in a perilous position then hoped to succeed in establishing his innocence in certain ways i had in my mind i wished to be the one to save him he added muttering a curse of angry disappointment and gain her gratitude thereby i was journeying to london for the purpose and now his language became such that it wholly disconcerted master midichip accustomed though he was to the somewhat uncertain tempers of the great folk he had to deal with moreover the worthy attorney was fully conscious of his own precarious position 
in this matter and now you've gained nothing he moaned whilst i oh oh i his condition was pitiable his honour viewed him with no small measure of contempt then suddenly sir humphrey's face lighted up with animation the scowl disappeared and a shrewd almost triumphant smile parted the jovial somewhat sensuous lips easy easy you old coward he said pleasantly things are not so bad as that ads bud you're not hanged yet are you and he added significantly lord stretton is still attainted and in peril of his life but 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 can't you see you fool said sir humphrey with sudden earnestness drawing a chair opposite the attorney and sitting astride upon it he viewed the meagre little creature before him steadfastly and seriously can't you see that if i can only get hold of those letters now i could force lady patience into accepting my suit eh with them in my possession i can go to her and say and you marry me those proofs of your brother's innocence shall be laid before the king and you refuse they shall be destroyed oh was master midichip's involuntary comment a mere gasp of amazement of terror at the enormity of the proposal he ventured to raise his timid eyes to the strong florid face before him and in it saw such a firm will such unbendable determination that he thought it prudent for the moment to refrain from adverse comment truly he murmured vaguely as his honour seemed to be waiting for him to speak truly those letters mean the lady's fortune to your honour and on the day of my marriage with her two hundred guineas for you master midichip said challoner very slowly and significantly looking his man of business squarely in the face master midichip literally lost his head two hundred guineas twas more than he had earned in four years and that at the cost of hard work many kicks and constant abuse a receiver of rents has from time immemorial never been a popular figure master midichip found life hard and in those days two hundred guineas was quite a comfortable little fortune the attorney passed his moist tongue over his thin parched lips the visions which these imaginary two hundred guineas had conjured up in his mind almost made his attenuated senses reel there was that bit of freehold property at worksworth which he had long coveted ay or perhaps that partnership with master lutworth at derby or twere worth your while master midichip to get those letters for me eh his honour's pleasant words brought the poor man back from the land of dreams i i sir humphrey he murmured dejectedly how can i a poor attorney at law zounds but that's your affair said his honour with a careless shrug of his broad shoulders methought you'd gladly earn two hundred guineas and i offer you a way to do it but how sir humphrey how 
that's for you to think on my man two hundred guineas is a tidy sum what i have it he said slapping his own broad thigh and laughing heartily you shall play the daring highwayman put on a mask and stop her ladyship's coach shout lustily stand and deliver take the letters from her and tis done in a trice the idea of that meagre little creature playing the highwayman greatly tickled sir humphrey's fancy for the moment he even forgot the grave issues he himself had at stake and his boisterous laugh went echoing through the old silent building but as his honour spoke this pleasant conceit master midichip's thin bloodless face assumed an air of deep thought immediately followed by one of eager excitement the idea of the highwayman is not a bad one sir humphrey he said with a quiet chuckle as soon as his patron's hilarity had somewhat subsided but i am not happy astride a horse and i know not of pistols but there's no reason why we should not get a footpad to steal those letters for you tis their trade after all what do you mean i was but jesting but i was not sir humphrey i was thinking of beau brocade the highwayman why not he lives by robbery and hates all the quality whom he plunders whene'er he has a chance your honour has had experience only last night eh well what of it curse you man for a dotard why don't you explain tis simple enough your honour you give him the news that her ladyship's coach will cross the heath to-night tell him of her money and her jewels offer him a hundred guineas more for the packet of letters he 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 he'll do the rest never fear master midichip rubbed his bony hands together his colourless eyes were twinkling his thin lips quivering with excitement dreams of that freehold bit of property became tangible once more sir humphrey looked at him quietly for a moment or two the little man's excitement was contagious and his honour had a great deal at stake a beautiful woman whom he loved and her large fortune to boot but reason and common sense not chivalry were still fighting their battle against his daring spirit of adventure tush man he said after a while with the calmness of intense excitement you talk errant nonsense when you say i'm to give a highwayman news of her ladyship's coach and offer him money for the letters where am i to find him how speak with him midichip chuckled inwardly his honour then was not averse to the plan already he was prepared to discuss the means of carrying it out tis a lawyer's business to ferret out what goes on around him sir humphrey you can send any news you please to beau brocade within an hour from now how john stitch the blacksmith over at the crossroads is his ally and his friend most folk think tis he always gives news to the rogue whene'er a coach happened to cross the moor 
but that's as it may be if your honour will call at the forge just before sunset you'll mayhap see a chestnut horse tethered there and there'll be a stranger talking to john stitch a stranger young and well-looking he's oft to be seen at the forge the folk about here never ask who the stranger is for all have heard of the chivalrous highwayman who robs the rich and gives to the poor he 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 do you call at the forge sir humphrey you can arrange this little matter there your news and offer of money will get to bow brocade never fear sir humphrey was silent all the boisterous jollity had gone out of his face leaving only a dark scowl behind which made the ruddy face look almost evil in its ugliness midichip viewed him with ill-concealed satisfaction the plan had indeed found favour with his honour it was quick daring sure the fortune of a lifetime upon one throw sir humphrey even before the attorney had finished speaking had resolved to take the risk he himself was safe in any case nothing could connect his name with that of the notorious highwayman who had cut his purse but the night before i'd not have her hurt was the first comment he made after a few minutes silent cogitation hurt rejoined minichip why should she be hurt beau brocade would not hurt a pretty woman he'll get the letters from her i'll stake my oath on that ay and blackmail me after that to the end of my days my good name would be at the mercy of so damned a rascal what matter sir humphrey once lady patience is your wife and her fortune in your pocket everything is fair in love so i've been told sir humphrey ceased to argue chivalry and honour had long been on the losing side moreover sir humphrey added the crafty attorney slyly once you have the letters you can denounce the rogue yourself and get him hanged safely out of your way he'd denounce me and who'd believe the rascal's word against your honour's flat denial not squire west for sure before whom he'd be tried and your honour can have him kept in prison until after your marriage with lady patience it seemed as if even reason would range herself on the side of this daring plan there seemed practically no risk as far as sir humphrey himself was concerned and every chance of success and that rascal beau brocade would but consent he would asserted midichip and your honour told him that the coach the money and the letters belonged to lady rounce and the young lady travelling in the coach but a niece of her ladyship lady rounce is a hard woman who takes no excuse from a debtor he 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 she has the worst reputation in the two counties save your honour the lawyer chuckled at this little joke but sir humphrey was too absorbed to note the impertinence he was pacing up and down the narrow room in a last agony of indecision midichip evidently was satisfied with his day's work 
two hundred guineas he looked upon as a certainty already after a while noting the look of stern determination upon his honour's face he turned the conversation to matters of business he had been collecting some rents for sir humphrey and also for squire west and lady rounce and would have to return to worksworth to bank the money since sir humphrey challoner was occupying the only available bedroom at the moorhen there would be no room for master mitichip and master duffy his clerk he hoped to reach brassington by the bridle path before the footpads were astir thence at dawn on to worksworth he had shot his poisonous arrow and did not stop to ascertain how far it had gone home he bade farewell to his employer with all the deference which many years of intercourse with the quality had taught him and never mentioned bow brocade lady patience or john stitch's forge again but when he had bowed and scraped himself out of his honour's presence and was sitting once more beside master duffy in the bar-parlour there was a world of satisfaction in his pale watery eyes End of chapter nine